0: right ladies and gentlemen we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for another episode with Chad and Chili we got our ten full hats on we're on the road we just came through Laramie Wyoming you know really cool town really cool town Uh, Chili was really excited about stopping in Laramie they had a lot of pride in Laramie, though. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of pride in Laramie. A lot of, a lot of. They were flying the flag of pride in nearly every business window. Yeah. So, uh, Chili set us out
1: for him now. So yeah. Lose hope? Well, I. To clarify, I was excited about you said that was the
0: place man
1: well I said from my research it looked pretty awesome there's running good running pretty close as far as what I could tell Um, you know you go into town there's supposed to be some pretty good restaurants Um, it sits at like 7,000 8,000 feet and you can get to 10,000 pretty easily like all that was pretty pretty neat to me Uh, it's beautiful out here in Wyoming well, I mean, I knew the University of Wyoming is there, but that's a straight up college town. And like he said, they have a lot of pride. So it's out.
0: It's a college town, man. I agree with you. I mean,
1: what I, you know,
0: when I think about out West, when I think about Wyoming, I'm thinking about like cowboy country, like red blooded Americans, like rough people. Yep. And, uh, I didn't see any of that during the few hours I spent in Laramie. It well, was a it was straight-up college town. Well, it, interesting.
1: Well, there ain't much of that left anyway. Um, and, yeah, you ain't going to find it in a town where a big university is.
0: I didn't know that was there. Yeah, man. Until you told me about it.
1: Yeah. There's all the signs on the road got, you know, the, the University of Wyoming uh, logo. I mean, that's just... It's just a college town like anywhere else, really. Yeah, just probably a little bit less po- populated.
0: We've or, been we, well, we have been seeing some pronghorn antelope.
1: That's been pretty cool. First pronghorns I've ever seen. Well, yeah, you saw one alive, and I freaking missed it, and then I saw one dead. That's that. That's a pretty good representation of how how this all goes with Chad and Chili. Well, you finally put your daggone glasses on, where you yeah. could
0: you could see like a regular human being (laughs) so maybe there's
1: hope for you tomorrow well I'm I'm thinking about getting my eyes fixed but I don't know what I feel about that yet by the way if you guys are tuning in to
0: this uh, this podcast series particularly uh, you might notice if you've tuned in for the first time or if you're a longtime listener you might notice that the audio is not quite as good as it usually is We apologize for that, I literally have a lavalier mic uh, clipped to my beard right now. And we're getting the best quality audio that we can out of these things, so you may also hear a little road noise. We're currently running about 76 miles per hour down in Interstate. Yeah, I know if Chili was driving, I saw him hit 96, 97, (laughs) multiple times today. Uh, coming through Nebraska, right? Yeah. Nebraska, by the way, you know, people talk all the time about driving through Texas. Like it's some, and Texas is a big freaking state. Yeah. Um, But I I would say Nebraska would be a close second when it comes to driving through the way we drove through it. Because I'm going to tell you what, brother, that was a freaking haul. That was a haul it took every bit of an entire day to drive through nebraska
1: from east to west it took the whole day yeah yeah it's a really long state man it just never ends and (laughs) the landscape never really changes that much i mean i think as you get out west it starts changing a little well it went from corn
0: on the east side corn and beans and then west side got super dry yeah and uh
1: I mean, it's beautiful to me. Like, the people who crap on driving through states like Nebraska and Kansas and whatever, you know, middle America, corn country, I don't know. I-, I thought it was beautiful, but I guess people got different tastes.
0: Well, you know, I think it's been, gosh, man, what's it been? It's It's been at least a decade since I've drove across the country. Uh, last time I did this, I drove from, well... I've done it twice that I can remember. I drove from Chicago to San Diego, and then from San Diego to Virginia Beach. But that's been a long time ago. And I think it's a really, it's a really fun adventure, man. If you've never driven across the country, but, you know, if you travel, but you usually fly, uh, this is really cool. It's really cool to see America. It's really cool to see the different cultures and what the people are doing. And I highly recommend it. I think about once every 10 years is a is a good prescription for a cross-country drive well it's really making me want a rig i really want an rv like i want a tour bus the big bus with the flat nose rv it's giving me something to work towards because i can just see me and chile in a tour bus <laughs> with two big captain chairs in the front, swivel, swivel captain chairs, air ride. Just doing this on the reg, man. Would you wanna have a driver? No, we don't need a driver. <laughs> well. I mean, we, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be cool to have a driver, but we don't need
1: one. Well,
0: the only reason I'd like to have a
1: driver is so I could see some of the stuff I'm missing. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I think I see more when I'm driving. Well, maybe.
1: Look at this truck, man. Yeah, I know. It's... ease up, buddy. <laughs> the whole we, dang road. Well, let bad. me t- let me let me tell y'all what I've been thinking about on this on this drive. I think he's right. It's good to drive across the country and 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 really ex- uh, kind of experience new places. I mean, that's coming from somebody who hasn't really done this at all. I counted up before this trip i had only ever visited nine states before uh the first time i flew was last year to utah uh all my my state's list is like tennessee georgia alabama and utah i mean that's pretty (laughs) that's pretty close to what it was before this trip and you know i'd like to do this and take more time and and see some roadside attractions you know one of my most favorite memories was seeing the world's largest peanut in uh, Dothan, Alabama. If you ain't seen that, go check it out. So we ain't really been doing much of that. But what this has all made me think is what would be even better than driving is running across America.
0: Oh, it'd be awesome, dude.
1: I want to do that bad. I've wanted to do it for a long time, but this has really made me want kind of have the itch to just do it. Um, And I kind of like to you know how my mind works i always want to think about setting records and everything but i would like to do it just relaxed just take a long time you know really spend some time in different places that i thought were cool and uh, see as much stuff as i could but
0: i think that would be a freaking epic mission man
1: oh i do too i mean coast to coast
0: yeah that'd be an epic mission man dude we might do that we might need to do that next summer
1: well, i'm in i'm in
0: anytime i mean we're getting pretty good at this podcasting on the road
1: <laughs> yeah we can get some feedback on how this is going yeah
0: you guys let us know man y'all let us know if these episodes are even worth listening to it's it's kind of there's a lot going on here you know we're up to 84 miles per hour now so i'm driving um we all we, we 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 almost got murdered in a in a in the woods last <laughs> night. If y'all heard the previous episode, uh, we're we're staying in a KOA tonight. I don't know how this is going to work out. I've never stayed in a KOA before. You know, there's a lot going on, so we're doing the best we can with this. But if we can get good at these podcasts on the road, man, uh, and if you guys will keep sharing the podcast with your friends and and you know this thing this thing becomes something that allows us to go run across the country and uh, tell you guys all about it along the way then we can do that next summer man
1: can you imagine it'd be freaking epic the oatmeal cream pies that I would put down on that run oh man can you imagine man I'd keep them in business by the way are you going on the paddle or not chili well dang man you really calling me out right now yeah well i need to know well i don't have people need to
0: know i don't have a paddle you mean you don't have a boat or paddle right well when i asked you before if you were going on the paddle you said you said uh no i asked you if you had a boat and you said oh yeah i got a boat
1: no, I said I could probably get one. Oh no, you said you had one. I said I could get one from somebody. I didn't say I had one. Well, are you going or not? Well, I wanted to race, man. But I guess it just it, that ain't going to make sense. I mean, you ain't you ain't moved the dates. Well, so. well first of all,
0: I'm talking about a a 7-day paddle down one of the most beautiful river systems in the u.s from literally the headwaters all the way out to the coast like that's once that that's potentially once in a lifetime man like why would you why would you want to go do a piddly freaking race when you've got this you've got the opportunity to go do this awesome adventure some we're, we're gonna somebody's gonna kill an alligator with their hands
1: well if and I were would, gonna
0: eat it for dinner
1: if I was there I, w- I would I'd kill it
0: well I'm, I'm serious that's one of our objectives
1: oh don't worry about that okay well are you coming is uh, how can I mean you just want me to commit to this man it's a long way out no it's not dude it's like it's like six weeks out man I tell you what if I get if I get a kayak in order I'll be there see
0: I could see you being more of a canoe man though
1: well actually me and my dad were talking about that I'd rather have a canoe
0: I I really I really do see you being more of a canoe man
1: I want a wooden canoe is what is ideal I'm trying to figure out what to do about that
0: I mean the canoe route that's the more that's the more pure way to do that mission well you know I now me personally I hate a canoe Oh, it's no. the most uncomfortable thing sitting in a canoe.
1: I like them. Well. I've flipped a couple canoes before. It's pretty Oh, fun. they're pretty
0: unstable, man. Yeah, well. Uh, that's
1: the way I'd roll.
0: But. Well, we can secure you a canoe if that's the way you want to do it. How are you going to get a canoe? Uh, man, we can get a freaking canoe, man. Everybody in Rome, Georgia has a canoe. Almost everybody.
1: Well, you know I ain't buying one. Well, well, I mean, we can get you a canoe. I mean, I'd pay somebody if they let me use it, because I ain't like that. But so,
0: what you're saying is, if we get, if we can secure a boat for you, you're coming. Yeah. That's okay. What, that's what I'm saying. Well, Chili's coming on the paddle then. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We're we're on we're currently on an adventure discussing an, uh, an an adventure that's coming up in the future.
1: Yeah, I've learned not to do that. Um, we got to get through the one we're on. <sighs>
0: Yeah, we do. I just, I just wanted to get that commitment, though, man. Well,
1: it's been bothering you, I can tell. It really has, cause I don't want to go without you. Well, you, I mean, ain't, you ain't gonna have to if you, if you find me a canoe. Part of this adventure here
0: is, is to train you up. I, I've told the people you have, and I've told you, you've become a special project of mine, Chili. You say that? See, man, i I've, I've dude, I've done it all.
1: You, have there, you paddled there before?
0: There ain't much that I ain't done. You, oh yeah,
1: I've paddled. You done a long paddle? I oh mean. yeah,
0: I've done a long paddle. All right. Now a couple it, podcasts it was, ago, you
1: said you'd never have.
0: Well, this was when I was active duty. This wasn't for pleasure. Oh okay. All right. We we yeah, I won't tell that story right now, but um, I'll tell that later. Remind me of that. Um, yeah, man, a lot of this stuff
1: is to train you up, chili. Chad, you That's I, why we're doing it. I screwed up a, a while back telling you quit, saying I'm your special project. And I, I that was the one you of the are, That Chili. was a huge error of mine by revealing that I didn't like it when he said that. So now he's going to fit it in on every podcast that we ever do. Look,
0: did you are you not better now? After the situation we had last night, are you not a little bit better?
1: Well, maybe you're even a, a little, little bit better. A little bit even though you already were as trained in, in that. I mean, I, yeah, I'm I, I'm am an, another day older. Yes, I'm a little better. That's right. I mean that that applies to anybody.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I of mean, course, I'm
1: not at a I'm not claiming I'm at any some some high level. You know how I am, man. I mean. I'm so pure, I don't even want a canoe. I just want to get on dry land and run. I mean, <laughs> I'm not into no equipment, no gear, nothing.
0: Well, you talk about a pure mode of travel. Yeah, ma'am. You, you do understand that Native Americans and also the early explorers, that's how they travel.
1: Well, on foot, first.
0: Well, they primarily traveled, they moved up waterways.
1: Well, they, they never left waterways because because there were no trails. Well, water was life too. They could never leave it.
0: Yeah, and there were and there were also no trails. You try you try to you try to cover ground off trail. Yeah, it's it, slow. It's, especially back then, if you're covering, if you're trying to move across, you know, just straight up woods, you are doing very well if you make a half a mile per hour. Yeah. So in my mind traveling doing this long paddle man is it is a very pure form of human travel and it's really going back to the the original way that people explored this nation in initially this new world i mean i i do have you know that's not the only reason i'm going to do this but I do have an attachment to that
1: well, what is, aspect of it. What you know is what the mean? reason? Because I mean, I'm just, I, clearly I'm not as excited about it as you are. I mean, because you're brimming with excitement. So well, mm-hmm. what what is the reasons that you want to do this so bad?
0: You know, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think one, you know, it is going to challenge me in, in a lot of new ways because it's a new environment. Um, and like I say, I've paddled before in the teams I spent a lot of time on the water, but this is different, man. This is like pleasure. It's in a river. Most of the time when I was in the teams doing this type of stuff, it was on mission. It was usually in salt water, in a bay, or out over the horizon on the ocean, or sometimes in lakes. Um, It's gonna challenge me in new ways. And also, it's gonna force me into that new mode of travel where I'm having to sit I don't get to use my legs which are the, is the strongest part of me and, I, and I've got to use my upper body in order to propel this boat for 20 miles a day for 7 straight days. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the adventure aspect of it. Not having predetermined locations to where you know we're going to camp or there's going to be no resupply We're gonna be totally self-sufficient for seven days. It's been a long time since I've done that. Since I've been out on a a mission of that length, you know, period. And this one, especially being with no resupply, I'm looking forward to the fellowship. Uh, Dude, I'm looking forward to fishing. I'm not a fisherman, but you know, I have this vision of, of catching some catfish or bass and cooking them over the fire at night. Uh, as a team now we may not catch a single freaking fish probably not. i'm gonna have some backup food <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna depend on my fishing abilities um so you know it's all that and then two. there's a there's a lot of elements involved in this thing especially when we get closer to the coast you've got the tides you've got you know currents um You've got wildlife. You've got weather. You've got your gear. There's a lot of a lot of moving parts to it that I think are really gonna stretch me in that adventure capacity and kind of hone in some skills that I haven't practiced in a, in quite a while. You know, so that's what I'm looking forward to. In a nutshell. Well, does that make sense? Yeah, that was a pretty good answer. You know, man, it's it's like. The, the, the ultra running stuff, I mean, I'm going to be quite honest with you, man. You get bored with it. Yeah, the, the, the whole 100 mile race thing, I mean, it, it's an, a 100 mile race is an awesome event. And yes, it's challenging. But I am. I, I'm, I'm bored with it. There, there's not a single 100 mile race out there right now that appeals to me, to be quite honest with you, that that I would get really fired up and, and seek out you know, entry, I'm just like, if I go run a 100 mile race, man, unless the wheels just completely fall off and I do something real stupid, I'm gonna finish. And if I train for it, I'm gonna finish pretty well. And that doesn't really appeal to me anymore, which is why I'm seeking these more adventure type of activities like this seven day paddle, like the Pin Hody Trail FKT, um, like Vol State those are the things that are really getting me fired up because on the paddle like the reality of it is I don't know if we're gonna finish this thing like I think we will but there's a potential that we're gonna get out there and we're we're gonna be unexperienced and unprepared there's a possibility that we don't finish the Pinhoti FKT. There's a, a a significant possibility that we don't finish that Ball State. The same thing. I like that aspect. And you really only when you get into these super long adventure type events. Obviously, there is also a a there is also a chance that you don't finish a hundred mile race. But when you're doing something that's four five six seven days long and it has a lot of moving parts to it that chance of not finishing goes way up and i like that aspect of adventure man
1: yeah i mean i I, know you like to go fast well i totally get it i mean yeah I, i think there's still a part of me once again i mean i'm still in such a such a weird spot uh, or, or it is it's it's been weird for me um but I still I still have this desire to 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 see where my true potential is um at going fast at certain distances or certain timed events you know there's a lot I want to do so um I mean I get it man I get where you're coming from though
0: I think another interesting thing, Chili, is like, you know, there's not a lot of people out there that are in the situation or in in the position that they can go out and commit seven, eight days, or even longer to an adventure like this. And part of the reason that I live my life the way I live my life is so that I can do these type of things. Um, Yeah. You know, I've kept we have kept our life as you know me and Brooke and I pretty simple you know we don't have we barely have any debt very very small amount of debt um, you know we don't have nice cars we don't have not really the nicest of anything I mean I'm not saying that we live like a bunch of poor people But our biggest expenses are groceries. And so we live that way, not because we don't enjoy having nice things, but we enjoy being able to break away and commit seven days, 14 days, whatever, and have a great adventure. That's more valuable to us to, to have the ability to do that than to own nice possessions. And so I'm in the position right now in my life where, and you are too, Chili, where you have the luxury that you can go and do something like this and that might not always be the case man whether it's for health yeah whether it's because uh, a f- you you have to do take on some responsibility for another family member um whether you just slap get in the bind and you have to go work for somebody for for some temporary amount of time i mean and not that there's anything wrong with working for somebody you know, for, for a lot of people, that's a great career, and that's a great way to spend your life. Um, but, you know, it's like we're in the position that we have the opportunity to do this, and we well, need to seize that, man.
1: Well, listen, man, it, it all comes down to what you want to do, right? I mean, you, you want to do this paddle. It doesn't appeal to me as much as it does to you, but... Like you said, because of the position we're in and everything else. Yeah, I'll do it. What
0: What would be your okay, like ad- adventure wise? What would be your dream adventure?
1: Well, on, honestly, I think I think adventure wise, running across America, uh, doing the Appalachian Trail.
0: Um, what would you choose between those two?
1: Oh, gosh. That's so hard. Honestly, I'm leaning towards running across America. I'd like to run from coast to coast. From the Atlantic Ocean, start on the beach, and finish on the Pacific Coast. But, I don't know. That'd be tough to, to pick between the two because I think the Appalachian Trail is so cool.
0: Yeah, the AT is cool. I, I would almost go with I would almost choose the same as you though. Yeah. I, I would almost choose the run across America again, it, doing it the way you're talking about doing it. I think I would right off. I mean, off the top of my head, I think I would choose that over the AT.
1: Yeah. Cause you could even pick a route on a run across America that was really convoluted and, you know, really went through a, as many States as possible and got on trails and got on so many different environments. And, uh, Surfaces. I just think it'd be so cool, man. Right and that way, you would meet more people. You would. It would just be a. It'd just be a crazy thing. And uh, I think that is probably, if I had to pick one adventure to just have the time, have the resources, have the money, and whatever available to do, everything was a go. I would probably pick that. Um, that would take a long time. Cause I would want it to take a long time for one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that would be freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, we need to consider we need to consider putting that on the calendar chili.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing man, we've got a lot of things we want to consider putting on the calendar, but there's certain things that I think we gotta make happen and that may take years to really be able to do, but that's fine.
0: Yeah. It's raining now. You guys, can hear the raindrops. I don't know,
1: <laughs> rain and freaking high winds, dude. Yeah, it's
0: windy out here, man. Sure enough, windy. I don't know, man. I hope it ain't pouring down rain when we get to that campsite.
1: <laughs> I can <away>, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be it, might blow our blow your tent away.
0: No, it ain't gonna blow that 10 I got away.
1: When I'm laying on it that, it may al- blow your cot away. When I'm laying down on that '70s Vietnam cot, son, I'm gonna have 130 pounds tying that down.
0: That gonna wind! That thing might catch some wind. or uh, draft, the wind up under it. you might be gone, brother.
1: <laughs> them aluminum legs, man, they ain't got much heft to them. That's why man. I like them, fast and light.
0: Well. Yeah, you got some questions for us tonight, Chili. We told, uh, we talked about on the last podcast we'd answer some listener questions, and I think you guys sent some in on the 307 Project Instagram page. I haven't seen any of these, so Chili's just going to send them, and we'll try to get them answered, man.
1: Yeah, we'll see, um, we'll see what we can get to here. Uh, I got one from uh, Bashir Armani. Um he said what is your favorite book from the old testament and what is your favorite book from the new testament and why
0: dang it man favorite from the old testament favorite. all right faith my favorite book from the old testament is um i'm just gonna go off the top of my head psalms yeah uh why do i like psalms uh i think when you read through the psalms you get, you really get the full the full spectrum of of human emotion throughout the Book of Psalms. You get the highs, the lows. Um, you can get a picture of a significant faith and courage, but you also can get a picture of significant uh, times where King David, I think, for the most part, wrote the Psalms. Is that right, Chili? Yeah. Um, times when he was just beat down and he didn't he didn't have any any hope he didn't see an end to the the suffering and and the uh, you know the things that he was going through you know and I love that I love the length of the book uh, it takes you a while to get through it uh, so you know it's probably one of my favorite books in the Old Testament to read through I'd say second favorite in the Old Testament would be Genesis. Yeah, I love reading the account of God's creation uh, because it makes sense to me. And when I read the Genesis account of creation, it actually strengthens my faith. Every time I look back to it and I read it because it explains in the first, really the first verse time, space and matter the three things the entire universe I guess are or is composed of and just from that point forward it just really strengthens me and encourages me to read that and it resonates so much with me so I love Genesis New Testament book You know, me personally, I like Matthew. Uh, The Gospels, you know, there are four Gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. For some reason, Matthew's writing style, I guess, resonates with me. It's easy for me to read. It's easy for me to understand. It's always my go-to when I'm reading one of the four Gospels of Jesus Christ. Uh, Or, you know, the accounts of Jesus' life and ministry, essentially, is what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are. Uh, I think that all four of those books should be read because they're all, uh, obviously, like all of the Bible. We believe it's inspired by God, but they're all coming from a different perspective. And when you read all four of those accounts and you put them all together as a whole, you really get a beautiful, full picture of the life of Jesus on earth, his ministry, his death, burial, and his resurrection. But Matthew, for me, is easy to read. And, you know, there's a lot of other great books in the New Testament. Obviously, the, the entire New Testament is a wonderful thing to read in full. But, man, when you, a lot of times when you just go back to the teachings and the words of Christ himself uh, while he was on earth, it really strengthens me personally. So that's my my favorite book in the New Testament, man. How about you, brother?
1: Yeah, I. You know, I I've been asked this a lot, and and it's it's kind of an interesting question for me. Like, what is my favorite book? I mean, I don't really have one per se. I mean, that but but well, I, under, I understand like why people ask that question. I really do. So, I mean, what, what I would say it's is kind of similar to Chad actually as far in, in the Old Testament Genesis is you know that's the beginnings right I mean that's the origins <laughs> it, it's it's cool to to read that I mean that that is like the the, the foundation of it all um, and and I mean, really for this for the same reasons he gave I mean I think that the the creation account Genesis 1 is written in such an interesting manner Um... And, you know, I, my my lack of knowledge on the Hebrew, the original Hebrew of the Old Testament and the Koine the coin Greek of the New Testament is not, not what it needs to be. But I do love studying uh, that, well, I, I should do it more, but it's always so interesting to me. And, and the original Hebrew, it, it's fascinating, and um, I think it gives you a deeper understanding of what what the text means. Uh, so yeah, Genesis for that reason, and also in the New Testament, kind of something that's, I don't know, maybe maybe not typical is Ecclesiastes, and really the reason for that is, hold on,
0: Ecclesiastes is an Old Testament book. Yeah. Oh, you talking about you still talking about Old Testament? Yeah. Oh, okay. My yeah. Bad. I Gen- thought you transferred to the New Testament.
1: No, Genesis and Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Gotcha. Um, Ecclesiastes is... I don't know. I just think it's its also written in a very fascinating way. And... It's just... You know, the the, the chapter, for some reason, I've always just gravitated towards it and trying to understand uh, about everything is meaningless or, or everything is futile. It, it's just such a... I don't know. I think sometimes I feel that way personally. So reading that and, and trying to dig deeper into understanding what that uh really meant it, it, it's just it's fascinating so that's so why I, I i like that book too um now as far as the new testament um you know i once again a favorite book is it's just an interesting question but i've primarily studied matthew Mark, luke and john i've studied acts um written by luke uh heavily Um, I've studied Revelation heavily. Um, You know, of course, I'll pause letters. Um, Revelation's obviously super interesting. Um, The Gospels, you know, obviously the, 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 the pure value that that has. You know, John is probably the Gospel that I've spent the most time studying, so that would be interesting to me. I like the parallel between Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1. You know, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created, heavens and the earth, right? And then John 1-1, in the beginning, uh, there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word is Jesus. So, like, if you tie Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1 together, it's a really cool connection. Um, but anyway, I, I having said all that, Romans... Um, is a super interesting book, kind of for the same reason Ecclesiastes is to me. It's very difficult to understand uh, what all Romans even even means in certain in certain aspects, and I, it, it's just it's it's always challenging when you read it. So for that reason, I like it. And that was a long-winded answer, but um, it wasn't an answer. What's your favorite? I I know I can't pick. I, like I said, I don't. You have to pick one. I. I John or Romans? I, I don't know man, pick pick a book, like you know, it all works, I, I don't know.
0: Sorry, sorry ladies and gentlemen, Chili's just being difficult.
1: Alright, if I had, I like studying Romans, so there you go. Okay,
0: I, I figured you to be a Romans man. Did you? Yeah, I figured that, I, I, I really did, I nailed it. Well. Oh, there, well, there's some deep, there's some deep, uh, there, I don't even know if deeper's the right words, but there's some complex theological concepts or principles in Romans. It's
1: very, yeah, it's very difficult to read. Yeah. And understand.
0: Yeah. yeah. Grasp the fullness D- of, of what right. Paul's trying to portray. Right. So, oh, Romans is a great book. I agree with you, man. Well, that was a good question, dude. Uh you talk about language man you talked about studying the original languages that the bible was written in and we had a conversation about language earlier today i think um and chile made the statement you know language is really important and you guys know me i'm i'm i rely heavily on controlling my rudder and using language in a positive way to get me through hard missions or whatever it may be. And Chili had a really interesting take on language and talked about how... Have you ever thought about how language actually started? Like, the first two human beings on Earth, Adam and Eve. Like, it's interesting to think about it. And language is a weird thing, man. And language is definitely being manipulated in our current culture and I think that can become a dangerous thing. I have to agree with Chili on that. What's your take on it, Chili?
1: Yeah. You know, I just kind of was just thinking I mean, this is uh, you know, we've mentioned a 10-hour radio show that may be coming on uh, hopefully one day with Chili with his full hat on. Well, that's really what that is is just my mind all day long my mind is a is a 24-hour radio show that never stops and sometimes that (laughs) that's got some negatives but i don't know i just think about things all the time and maybe other people think about them often too and just don't vocalize it but i don't know i think about language quite often primarily because it completely befuddles me how language was even really developed like people have to agree on what certain things mean right like like if you said four, uh you know people who don't speak English uh, I, I imagine that doesn't conjure up anything yeah in their mind um, but if you do speak English uh, you know, you may think "for," um, you know, and that's even hard to define. But what what that would mean? Or you may think the number four, and like the number four, what is it? It's a. It's so confusing, man, to think about language. You get in this weird. You can't even talk about it, or I can't intelligently, because it's like we've all agreed that that word, that sound we make with our mouths, means, you know, for four of something that I mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can't even
0: it's pretty deep man
1: yeah like you can't even not say four of it to describe what four means like you have to use that word it, it's so I don't know but and so it's so interesting to me how our society our culture now is manipulating language and for a certain purpose to really deceive people um it's very interesting to me how language is actually being targeted I would say or or, or language is a deceptive way of using language is being used as a way to confuse people and I think yes. that, that, that makes a complete it makes complete sense to, to use that um so, it's just fascinating. I, I, I think, you know, I'll go ahead and mention kind of what I'm talking about just, so it's not just this abstract idea. Provide an example. You know, there is two genders. Um, I'm not, I'm really not interested in debating anybody on, on that fact, you know, that there's male and female. And we're literally in the process of trying to convince society to accept new genders, new gender identities. Uh, we've we've constructed these random words like "zer" and and "zim" or or something.
0: Latinex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Kleenex. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't wipe my nose with it, man. Like I don't. It's yeah, Latinx. Latinx. I don't yeah. I don't even know what it is. Latinx is are you latinx? I don't even know how you're supposed to Dude, say Dude,
0: that's that's Joe Biden I think made that up himself. By the way, if you're on the East Coast it's eleven o'clock at night right now. So we're trying to bring you a little more energy than Joe Biden brings you. I hope we're I hope we're successfully doing that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we're delivering. You've told me I have about the same energy as Joe, sometimes. I like I
0: like when old Joe gets up on stage, man, and he brings about .5 energy. <laughs> 0.5 energy is about all he can muster. That's on a good day.
1: Well, it's past my bedtime, so I'm doing pretty good. No, man, it's a, uh, you know,
0: and and not only not only like you said are we trying to create new words to identify or, or portray something that doesn't actually exist in reality, but you also see you know, you see a lot of words that get hijacked completely. Yep. It's essentially the word gay. Um, I, I said, I, was, I did an Instagram story the other day for PT, and I said something was gay. And I think Brooke was like, you can't, don't say that. And I was like, no, you, see, see you, you no longer even understand. That word no longer even portrays what it was meant to mean. So the word has been hijacked, and it's been manipulated into something completely different than what it was, what it originally
1: was meant to portray. Well, you know what's so fascinating about that is—is is literally the reason that that is allowed to happen is because of societal acceptance. Like we have all, like like I said, th- th- words don't mean anything inherently. Yeah. Like the word car does not mean anything inherently.
0: No, you would, then you would be saying the sound car. Right. The sound car. I just made the sound car with your mouth. Yeah.
1: That, that, That has no inherent meaning, but we have all came to the agreement that that sound we make with our mouths means a, you know, a couple thousand pound hunk of metal with four wheels that rolls down the interstate right yep so if society ends up basically agreeing that a word has a new meaning then it does yep um I don't know it's just fascinating
0: yeah it well, really is I mean the homosexual whatever community has hijacked quite a few words yeah they for some reason they like doing that
1: and a few symbols
0: yeah 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 that's that's yeah exactly it's yeah. it's insane dude but I hope you guys don't think that we are homophobes. No, uh, I, you know, both of us have people in our lives that are living lives of homosexuality, and we love them, <laughs> and we Absolutely. we would do we would do anything for them. Uh, you know, Jesus gives you the unique ability to separate the sin or the lifestyle from the person in your heart. Now, I know that may be hard to understand if you have never felt that before. You can only feel that by the grace of God. Uh, you can only come to an understanding of what that actually looks like when you do accept Jesus. And it, it is a, it is an actuality. You can separate the lifestyle of sin from the person. And it's, it's essential or else you will get consumed by hatred so well
1: you'd have no other option yeah i mean you would hate me for for the sins that i commit you're exactly right right i mean (laughs) you you wouldn't just hate your you know a homosexual family member you yeah you would hate your your mother and father literally everyone wife and yeah exactly you
0: have to be able to do this now uh, you know We've got our ten full hats on. We can talk about anything, you know. Blake's not here. We're good, man. A- and you look at this, This, first of all, this is why when I'm describing someone in uh, living in sexual perversion, I use the word homosexual, not gay. I do that on purpose. I will never use the word gay to describe someone living a life of sexual perversion. What do I mean by sexual perversion? Somebody who has perverted the action or the idea or the concept of sex. Alright? Meaning intercourse. That's what I mean by that. So that's why I use that word. And um yeah, man. I was going to say something else about it, but...
1: Well, you, you, you're you saying you use homosexual instead of gay because... Um, you because don't. I'm, I'm not...
0: I'm sick of...
1: I'm sick of using
0: a word that has been hijacked by that group of people that doesn't... And I understand why they hijacked that word. Because they want... The world to think they are happier being homosexuals than when they were heterosexual. That's why they hijacked the word. It's 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 all it's all wrapped up in, in the illusion that has been created around a lifestyle of sexual perversion. That whole lifestyle is an illusion. If you think there is any happiness or joy or fulfillment or satisfaction, wrapped up in that lifestyle, you have fell for the illusion that they have created. All right, I'll leave it at that.
1: No, I, I mean, that's, uh, it's pretty clear that that's our belief. I, any any lifestyle, any choice that is devoid. It's the same with alcohol. Yeah, it's, it's the same with it, any. It,
0: it's, it's interesting to me because I've lived the life where, where, you know, when I was in the teams, that's what we did, man. We went out and got hammered drunk and, and raised Cain on the reg. Like, I've lived that life. But we've created this illusion that there is some joy and happiness and fulfillment in getting drunk and high. And it's a complete freaking lie, man. So, yeah. what's the
1: next question? Well, I, um, do you want to talk about what you're trying to accomplish yeah. on this? Ask, okay. Ask any question
0: that came in, man.
1: All right. This comes from Tim Daly. It's a great question. Um, he said, Hey, brother, Chad, random question. Have you ever tried to quit, uh, chewing tobacco? I've been dipping Grizzly wintergreen long cut for over 20 years, trying to quit the habit and curious if you have any tips.
0: Yes, Tim it's Tim, right? Yep. Tim, I'm actually currently trying to quit chewing tobacco. I have I have dipped Copenhagen just about since I can remember. And so probably about as long as you, Tim. And you know, the the addiction and the habit was just fostered throughout my career in the Navy, because that's what we did, man. In the teams, everybody dipped stuff. You did it when you were working, you did it when you were hanging out in the platoon hut. It was part of the culture, just like alcohol was. And so I've tried to quit, I say tried to quit. I've said I was gonna try to quit a few times in the past and right now i i am currently i think i'm gonna get it this time man oh you are now i don't know if i'm doing this right i don't know if there's a way to do it right because i've never done it before and i have to imagine that anybody that wants to quit a bad habit or an addictive habit which nicotine is addictive. And, uh, uh, well, I hope all y'all know that. Lord knows the government has told, has, has told you that. Uh, just like everything else they tell you. Um, I'm, I, I imagine everyone has to do it in a, a little slightly different way because we all tick a little different. Now, see, I've watched my wife quit drugs, cigarettes, coffee she's quit everything man she's the master of this uh and she's tried to give me some input but really the input she's given me i don't know it it just it's not it's not clicking with me and what i've come to the realization of and you probably have too brother I, I have to be the one that wants to do this man and in the past I have never wanted to do this now the reasons that I want to quit chewing tobacco aren't for my own selfish gain. it's interesting the reasons that I have and, and I've kind of identified those one reason is because chewing tobacco hurts my testimony it puts a dent in my testimony as a a servant of christ i don't care what anybody says man it it, it does now do i think i'm going to go to hell for chewing tobacco i don't feel you know that that's a hard question to answer i mean well i don't think it is well i, I mean i'm addicted to a substance called nicotine. Do I worship it? Do I covet it? Like, how much sin is wrapped up in that? Well, yeah, I I agree. And and I I mean, I'm covered. I know I'm covered by the, the, the blood of Christ, but I don't like to use that as a crutch, right? And here's the thing with this addiction, man. Addiction... To alcohol, drugs, a sexual addiction. Y'all have heard me say before, these are these are perpetual lifestyle sins. Now you can make a case when you're talking about nicotine. Nicotine doesn't make you drunk. Nicotine doesn't affect your sobriety. So it's kind of it is different than drugs, alcohol, things like that. It's a bad thing. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It's not a good thing. And so I've identified that. And, you know, when I go and I speak to groups of young people and we get done and and I put a dip in, that's not good like i'm i'm gonna sit up there and and tell them i'm gonna sit up there and tell them how to be better at life and i'm gonna tell them about jesus and all this stuff and then right after that set a poor example for them it ain't good man (laughs) i mean i admit it
1: yeah
0: and i don't mind admitting it because I've never tried to convince any of you guys that listen to this podcast that I'm perfect. I think that's one of the unique things about our podcast. Yeah. Is we're pretty open with the fact that we got a lot, we screw a lot of stuff up. And so that's one reason, man, is it does, it hurts my testimony. And I don't like that. And it's wrong. Um, another reason, my, I mean, I like to kiss my wife. and. You know, I don't blame my wife for not wanting to kiss me when I got a dip of snuff in. So I I think it, you know, it it affects my relationship in that way. Um, You know, as far as selfish reasons, reasons for me, you know, I I don't particularly have any... I don't have any health concerns around chewing tobacco. I I know people do get cancer and, and, you know, all this stuff, but man, I'm going to be straight up with you, man. The men in my family and some of the women in my family have chewed tobacco their entire lives. I mean, and, and I, I've never personally seen these these health, these cancers and stuff like this as a result of chewing tobacco. So I don't know how prevalent that is. Maybe it's a genetic thing, but it's not a genetic thing in my family so the the as far as the health reasons i don't have a lot of incentive coming from that end it's more it's more of the the external things that that have brought me to the conclusion that man i need to stop doing this and i'm gonna tell you what brother it's hard i mean and and that coming from me might sound strange to you guys because i like doing hard stuff but this is hard hard is relative this is hard in a different way. And so I, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it all I got, man. And so it's been it's been four four or five days since I've had a dip of chewing tobacco. Now what I've done, and this may be the wrong way to do it, because when you stop dipping, if you've dipped for 20 years, you're gonna go through a spell where you're gonna be so agitated. Look, man, if I don't put a dip of snuff in, I can't even talk. Like, my mouth don't even work right. It's like I get jaw. <laughs> yeah. I ain't kidding you, man. No, that's true. And uh, and so, so, I'm going, I've got like three or four speaking engagements lined up over the next few days i've got things that i i can't get hemmed up with lockjaw and so what i've done is i've got me some of these uh tobacco free um little pouch things and i've been using those now it had it it has less nicotine than copenhagen snuff so what i'm planning to do is to kind of break the habit and the taste and the action of dipping snuff and then i'm going to try to wean my my way down to where i can still function it in the process with these little pouch things man that may be totally wrong it may not work it may be a terror maybe I might should just go quit everything and go spend a week in the woods by myself and that might be the right way to do it I don't know I'm doing I'm doing it the best way I know how to do it and what feels right to me not necessarily good to me because over the last four days I have been agitated and I have craved Copenhagen it's I'm craving it right now talking about it uh, but we're giving it a go man and I and I think it's a I think it's something that I've been lackadaisical about for too long I've joked about it people see me doing it at races uh, people know it's a it's a it's a part of my image man. I don't think it's right dude and i you know i've made a joke out of it and i think i need to fix myself i mean i don't be I, I i know man i'm just being real with you what's your take on it tilly i mean i know you don't dip snuff but
1: no well this is a th- that was really well said and i think something that of course i can't get into your own head but probably something that you needed to kind of say and you could just do it without letting anybody know but like you said that that any kind of way that that's tied to your image I mean it's good to make a kind of make that proclamation, you know what I mean? That's how I see it. Yeah. And but but any anyway, what I'll say is with to say I have no experience with addiction, I mean, I think basically everybody is addicted to something in some way uh maybe less destructive than others like you said nicotine is pretty clearly less destructive than alcohol i mean i just don't see well that's the reality i mean that's just the reality like it doesn't mean that it's not i still think it's wrong to be addicted to something like that but it's not as destructive uh, so there's differences you know i mean we're all addicted to food and water As humans we're literally all addicted to food and water now that's not like some kind of bad addiction I mean you you have to to survive you have to to live you know it's not like a that that is not a a negative addiction in any way Uh, well you can have an unhealthy relationship with food that is but you know it's a complex thing Uh, so to say I I'm not addicted to anything is not true you know I'm I've literally been addicted to running before Uh, so what it comes down to in my mind from my perspective whatever that's worth is you have to want to quit what you are addicted to worse than you want that thing yeah i mean it literally just comes down to like a a scale
0: (laughs) and it's hard to not it's hard to get to a place where you where you want to stop doing something you enjoy
1: right well you know what the, it's, it's almost like the, the reverse of that is, is someone who is trying to get into exercise, but can't really seem to Yeah. like they keep trying and they're just like, I just can't do it. What that comes down to is you have to want to exercise and go through that pain or whatever it is for you worse than you want to just continue to sit comfortably on the couch. It, it's the same dynamic you will inevitably do whatever it is that you want to do most I, that that's just the reality of, of like how you make every decision like how do you decide if you're going to continue to watch a show for like say it's late and you and a show came on and you want to watch it but you haven't eaten dinner and 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 you, you i mean this is a goofy example i don't know why it just came into my head like, what is end up going to happening, what's going to end up happening is you're going to either decide to just continue to watch this show or get up and make dinner. Like, it's whichever one you want more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's such a goofy example, but it's like, if you want to eat more than you want this entertainment, well, then you're going to get up and go make dinner. I mean, that, that's just, that's the way we make every decision in life. It's what you want to do more. And I think when you hit on reasons outside of yourself that's the key man like you're i think you've come to a point where you want to do this you want to stop dipping um more than you want to continue to do it because of a greater purpose because of reasons bigger than yourself outside of yourself and i think that's the key
0: yeah yeah I feel like it is too, man. Because if I had to come up with reasons why I wanted to quit, for me, hey, you there ain't none. Right. There really ain't. Right. So, it's, no. it's pretty pretty wild that that question came in. Right now. Right now, it really is, man. Well, uh, I
1: think that was a really powerful answer that you gave, and, and one other thing I'll say, not to spend too much time, especially given my take on all this, But is that you are quite obviously a extremely special person to me. Um, But you know everybody is unique, Um, so I don't even like saying that word like oh you're a really unique person. But you're you're a very special person to me, and you are extremely capable of doing whatever you put your mind to and I mean that that almost sounds silly to even say that to you but that's the reality so you know this is not going to be easy but I mean if you don't I don't know I'm not even doing a good job saying it but you know you know that I I and everybody else around you man we support you and trying to do anything you're trying to do and you can uh you can absolutely do whatever you set your mind to so yeah
0: and you know now that it now that i've i've kind of you know now that i'm into this thing man it's actually like in, in in some ways i'm seeing i'm looking forward to some things about cutting this addiction out of my life that, you know, I I wouldn't even have thought of like just being able to go on a trip and not having to think about buying dip, you know, like just always thinking about if you got it, will you? Yeah, it really is man. It really is. So it's, it's a, it's an oppressive thing, although it may not be as of a destructive thing as other addictions it is an oppressive uh lifestyle choice and i really can't think of anything good that comes from it so right you know why well, do it man so that's where i'm at right now man we'll uh we're gonna keep on keeping on All
1: appreciate right. the question yeah Yep. Yeah, awesome timing there tim Um uh, this comes from c That's
0: his Instagram handle? That's
1: all I got for you, C.
0: Dang. The letter C. Man, C, you need to switch that up a little bit, man. You need to get a little more creative with that Instagram handle.
1: Well, I think that's a pretty coveted username there. (laughs) (laughs) sound like like
0: freaking some crap you would come up with, (laughs) Chili.
1: Just that one-letter hitter, man. Yeah. He said, hey, Chad, when might we hear about the strange events that led to you becoming a Christian? I don't think you've covered these in detail yet. Thanks. Well, I didn't know how you wanted to answer that. I decided I'd ask the question. So you can either go into that a little bit now or you can, we can kind of direct him if you remember. Yeah. We have talked about it.
0: You know, I really need to sit down sometime and write that story out in detail. And, yeah. And I don't think I've ever told that story in complete detail. Right. Um, the. What I have boiled that story down to when people ask me about that is that I was living in a, in a place while I was on deployment with, with me, it was me and four teammates. And I was living in a place that was, I want to say, infested by a demon or demons and it was very real it was obviously very impactful it was something that not only I experienced but uh, the men that were with me experienced and you know the full story is is quite long Uh, one of, and I, I won't tell the whole thing in detail here, but the gist of it is one of my teammates was a Christian. And he had a Bible. And at some random point, uh, he began to read his Bible while we were there staying in that building. And that is what initiated the activity The oppression and the fear uh, that ensued. Because we had been living there for a little while without anything happening until this team member started reading his Bible. And so, shortly after that, I was laying in my bed one night and I heard uh, this was a large building. We were the only five people staying in the building. And I heard something hit my door, and it jolted me awake. And then I could hear, it was almost like voices or sing, it was almost like a singing voice up and down, echoing up and down the hallway of this building. And I thought, well, dang, has has somebody come in here? Like, what the world is going on? So, of course, I get up out of bed and, crack my door open look up and down the hallway the hallway's clear it's nighttime Uh, i go right across the hall where my other teammates were staying and open their door they're all passed out man so that was it yeah it freaked me out man Uh, and there was fear attached to it you know I'm sure that would freak anybody out but it it really freaked me out so I told them about it the next day and things progressively got worse as far as the noises but there was another element that was even outside of the, the the tangible evidence the, the when you know something hit my door, lights going on and off, things in the room being out of place, whatever it was, the other element in the in the more impactful element was the the presence that you felt while you were in that place. It became extremely oppressive it was like a weight that would be bearing down on you and this is hard to explain because unless you felt it 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 almost impacts your emotions and it impacts you in a way physically too it just beats you down and I I can remember walking into that place one time uh, in particular and going up the stairwell we were on the second floor and we would, I'd walk, I was walking up the first flight of stairs, and the stairs cut back and went up again, and there was a little landing up there, and as I was walking up the first floor, I felt the sense of something staring at me, and it's giving me chills right now recounting it, but something staring at me, and it was like a weight on my back, and I turned around, fully expecting to see something in that balcony on the second floor. And so as I turned around, I looked. I didn't see anything tangibly there. But uh, thank, thank God I didn't. But it was things like that that were progressively getting worse and being, being experienced again by not just me but others there. And when I, I write about this in detail one day, I'll try to recount all the actual occurrences, tangible occurrences that, that we experienced. Essentially at the end of a, maybe about a week or so of this going on, and another thing that we did, we were staying on a base where, it was essentially a base where, tra- where when you were transient, when you came from the states, you would stop at this base uh, in order to kind of rejock your gear maybe take a few days of rest before you deployed to your actual destination and so a lot of people came through and we started reading on forums online from from other military members who had stayed in this place and they had very similar experiences during their stay now again this is just forms we were reading online but they definitely matched up with the experience that we were having dang dude what in the world is that that thing is massive i'm glad you just
1: pointed that out some massive power plant it's like a chemical plant or something yeah
0: but anyways,
1: nice. all this stuff happens at the
0: end of about four or five days. We're all sleeping in the... we My, my teammates moved from their room across the hall into the, the, the room that I was staying in, and we were all sleeping in there. And um, finally, I called a little brother, just seeking some answer. I knew he was a Christian. He put me in touch with his pastor. His pastor... I'm speeding up the story now. His pastor... <laughs> Prayed. I had a little cell phone. It was called a Vodafone, a little flip phone. Uh, that it's essentially a burner phone. And he, I put him on speakerphone. He prayed up and down the hallways of this place, and total peace returned to that place afterwards. And that was what prompted me to start taking the Bible and the power of Jesus Christ seriously. And throughout the rest of that deployment, there were things that happened, such as one time I was walking around the side of a building one time, I felt an overwhelming presence of joy and happiness, what Christians would call the Holy Spirit overwhelming presence for no reason Uh, that it brought it it brought literally brought me to tears and as I've rounded the corner of this building there was a African lady standing off a balcony singing and praising Jesus off this third-story balcony in a place where it was dangerous to sing and praise Jesus in public. And I just looked up at her and I said, I don't know I don't know why you decided to do this but keep doing it because something is happening here. (laughs) And multiple other things, again, we could do a whole podcast just on this but those things set my faith in concrete Um, and, and it was just a continual journey, even when I got home And Brooke was, you know, essentially, I mean, literally dying from drug addiction And, and the battle we fought there, the spiritual battle we fought there, things that just continuously set my faith in concrete, and that's how it all started, man. So I hope that answers your question. Again, we could do, I could do an entire book just on my testimony, Yeah, I mean, most Christians should also be i don't want to say most there are a lot of christians that could also do that when you sit down and really articulated every detail that led you unto your relationship
1: with jesus christ sorry chilling i know that was a long answer no we've been we've both been hitting some monologues here so that one uh was definitely worth it and i think you know like like i said you have addressed that before uh maybe on some other podcasts and some on uh, our own but it's really never never a bad time to talk about that and like you said that'll just be up to you whenever you want to if you want to do a longer one telling that story or
0: yeah it needs to be written out
1: right right yeah write some of that down so in my opinion uh but nah, good question, good question, C. Um, C, dude, you gotta, you gotta work on that Instagram handle, man. Well, I like it.
0: H- hit me up, C. I- I'll help you come up with something better than C. <laughs>
1: well, I don't, I don't think he wants to let people know his real name. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I'm totally with him. But let's see. Uh, this is from. Our brother Justin Sheely. Oh, Lord. This is a good one here. Oh, man. He said, why isn't the government, media, or Hollywood promoting any diet, exercise, vitamins, etc., regarding your health in a time of a quote-unquote pandemic? scamdemic?" Yep. Well
0: we do have our ten full hat on our ten hats on, Chili.
1: Yeah, I mean the the, <laughs> the well mine, you know, I don't all I can't say it's always on because sometimes I do take it off and fold it up and put it in my back pocket, but it's always on me. So yeah, I mean right now I've got it securely fastened to my forehead though. And but well even having said all that I can't even give a very long answer. I mean, the reason
0: it would—it would literally, we could talk for four hours on well,
1: that. Well, uh, or I can—I can answer it in one sentence. I mean, he asked, "Why isn't the government, media, or Hollywood promoting diet, exercise, and vaccines regarding COVID?" Well, because it's a scam, Like what you said right off the bat. I mean, that's why. Because this is all a freaking scam. Period. I—I I mean, yeah, I could either give that answer or explain that for four hours. Uh, but that's the reason <laughs> yeah because it ain't about your freaking health I, I know that
0: you, you know it, it's the, the fact of the matter is uh, there is there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on right now man. Yes, sir. This uh, quite quite obviously, Justin. I mean, just based off of the question you asked. Well, um, obviously, if there were, if if there were not, if there was not a a a subtext or a a subsurface agenda <laughs> to what is happening in our nation on, on I'm talking about multiple layers I mean this goes beyond the coronavirus was a, a big move big. but but there are there are multiple layers uh, that are leading us to uh, a very unique situation as humanity now, I mean as a global society, not just as the United States. And you can say all day long that a lot of the things that, uh, that we think, you can say they're theoretical and, and maybe, a, may, maybe they are theoretical because we, we don't necessarily have tangible evidence of everything that we believe is going on, but they are theories based on logic uh, I, you know, I, I think it's very logical to look at the situation with the coronavirus for instance and say one, that it's man-made two, that now we are being and have been for the last year and a half we're being tested, This it, it's become a compliancy test And we're failing the test. And so I think it's very logical to conclude that nothing about the things that have happened can you take on surface level. It's logical to make that statement in my opinion. And so they're they're, they're not they're not promoting the logical reasoning things such as okay if we have a a new virus that's killing people that are fat out of shape sick the logical thing would be to help those individuals educate them and help them get skinnier in shape and healthy that's logical but since this whole thing is not founded in logic that's that's why that's not happening Justin.
1: that's my long short answer yeah man (laughs) why isn't the government media or hollywood doing the logical thing yeah that's essentially what that question is well because that's not really what they're in the business of doing yeah uh, he also asked um, we mentioned you know we're doing a lot of these uh, and we we did cover this topic on a another tinfoil hat with Chad and Chili uh, that has not been released at the time of recording this one well the audio sucked on it it did it really did Um, it would kind of be a shame to not release that but it was bad uh, so this question is also from Justin he said what's the likelihood of some of the refugees coming from Afghanistan being al-qaeda or uh, or another terrorist group
0: what's the likelihood well uh, <laughs> I, I don't really think it matters I, I mean dude I think Oh, they're here. Uh, yeah, I think Al Qaeda, the Taliban, terrorist organizations in general, have a massive population of not only operatives but sympathizers already in place in in the United States. Yeah. That that are simply uh, standing by. Yeah. And well uh, this is how they this is how they work man like you know and that that's one of the to me that's one of the the biggest problems with what's happening in afghanistan right now is you see now the taliban doing basically press conferences like they have now within a week become a legitimate power and have regained control of a nation. And what does that do? It empowers everyone who sympathizes with their agenda. It gives them legitimacy. And so those operatives and those sympathizers that are here in place, I would say in, in droves, I, I'm, I would say thousands at a minimum, uh, and the US, they now feel like their cause is more legitimate than ever and they are empowered by watching their leadership do press conferences from behind the the president's desk uh, in the capital of Afghanistan.
1: It's freaking... I'm telling you, man. Well, you know... I'm going to give my perspective on this, which is kind of a stupid thing to say because that's all I could ever give. But I know this will be hotly contested. And remember, we've got our... Well, I don't think this needs a tinfoil hat, but some people will. Um, Look, I was... I never imagined growing up that a terror attack would happen, like, it's just hard to even imagine, you know? And I grew up in Harrison, Tennessee, right outside of Chattanooga, ended up going to college for a little while in UTC, Chattanooga. I drove M. Nicola Highway all the time. Well, there was a terror a terrorist attack, I don't even remember his name, don't want to say his name, uh, even if I did remember it, but a, a, an, an individual, um, you know, some sort of member of a, of a terrorist organization or at least a sympathizer, I don't know. Um, he shot and killed uh, five people at a military recruitment office in Chattanooga, uh, that was wild, I mean it really was, and it, you know, Chattanooga, that, that's where the whole hashtag Nougastrong came from and everything, and, and, and you know, we tried to find ways to, I guess you'd say come together, I, I don't know, it, it was just such a, it was an interesting thing that, that something like that hit, happened at home, you know, and, uh, I, I think I think those are possible all the time, and you know the Boston Marathon bombing wasn't was another one uh, recently, kind of in my lifetime, and th- th- those are just I always have questions when those happen, and the questions that I have are kind of related to you know September eleventh. 2001, that whole uh, tragedy, we lost a lot of rights, uh, we lost a lot of liberty, we lost a lot of privacy after that event, because of that event, right, I mean, wouldn't you agree with that?
0: Oh Lord, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. I don't. In
0: the name of, in the name it, of security. In the name
1: of security, which it always is, in the name of safety, security, whatever.
0: Yeah. Just now, it's being done by doctors. Yep. White lab coats.
1: And we can, oh boy. Yeah. We can get into that, but anyway, um, so we lost a lot of liberty after that event. Um, because that event was a great way to justify uh, basically the the Central Intelligence Agency and other uh, intelligence agencies of the United States to monitor
0: agencies that you don't even know about.
1: That's what I was about to say. Um, track your personal information and data uh, from your iPhone and from uh, other means of, uh, <laughs> uh, of tracking. Um that's just that's just the facts that, that that's what that's what happened and that's what is continuing to happen and it's happening at an even larger scale than it was uh, to be perfectly honest so it, it's kind of interesting to me that certain attacks like that I mean obviously a a, a an, kind of a random act of terror is hard to snuff out um, but you know some of these are premeditated and, and everything else so it's kind of difficult for me to see how... Some sort of a planned thing could even take place when they're when they're taking all of this data and, and tracking everybody and you know I don't know I, I'm just I'm rambling um, but all that to say
0: well there there I think that there are uh, I think red flags probably pop up all the time but you can't discriminate man <laughs> <laughs> uh, you 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 for for you guys that maybe weren't born, or maybe were little kids on 9-11, or you've just forgotten about 9-11, uh, you, you do know the people, the, the men who, the cowards who flew those planes into the towers were trained yep. as pilots here in the United States. So like, you can't tell me that they weren't tracking some, some they didn't have some intel on those individuals Prior to that attack, I mean, how they get in the freaking country, man? Yeah, it's like,
1: I mean, uh, so once again, uh, I'm not even. It's hard to even make a clear point here, but the 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 point is, is I'm not sure what is allowed to happen, and and what's not allowed to happen. Sometimes I, I'm I'm not sure that it's really impossible for me to know that for sure. Um, so I, I think it is perfectly reasonable and logical to think that certain times. Uh, certain things are allowed to happen Um, I I don't know you know I think I think there are plenty of people over here uh, from Afghanistan you know that are going to be terrorists and I think watching what happens Uh, is very important. And I think some of it's very possible that you could have legitimate acts of terror from that. Uh, You could have it right now, uh, even before they came or or whatever. And you could also have instances where not everything adds up exactly as the narrative being portrayed. Um, I don't know. It's just gonna be difficult to know everything that's going on. But, you know, a new flood, of uh, of of immigrants coming over really does provide provide either one of those possibilities to happen uh, pretty easily. So I yeah. think uh, I, I think what I just said was probably pretty incoherent, but
0: well, I, I you know, and another thing, you know, Justin, uh, people coming from Middle Eastern countries that are Muslim extremists. By the way, you don't have to be from the Middle East to be a terrorist or a, a Muslim no. extremist. No. Uh, they are doing these things because of religious law. And this has been—it's been. It's been it's, this is nothing new. Like, really, man. If if a if a Muslim extremist wants to infiltrate the U.S. Why don't. Won't they just come across the southern border? They they could do that at any time. Yeah. It like I, I don't I don't think that this circumstance currently is making matters any better or worse. Right. Uh, it, it is what it is. They're they're already here. They've all uh, dude. Some of these cities, there are that they they've, they've taken control and essentially set up autonomous zones. I'm speaking of Muslim extremists. They've set up autonomous zones within American cities where the police don't even go. They govern themselves. It's, it's, ju- it's like the same thing that happened in the Roman Empire. They're essentially barbarians that have infiltrated and set up autonomous zones on American soil in American cities And they govern themselves according to their own religious law. It's already happening, man. It's already in place. This ain't going to change anything. You know? You want to know about how concerned I am about it? (laughs) You know, look, man. This is not... Look, I was asked the other day. Are you not concerned about... 20th anniversary of 9-11 you're not concerned about that well to be honest with you you know what I'm gonna do on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 I'm gonna remember and I'm gonna do whatever I want to do and particularly on that day we're gonna run a 50k yep that's what we're gonna do we're gonna get together we're gonna remember we're gonna run we're gonna live life to the fullest we're gonna fellowship because what a terrorist is trying to do is control the fear alright they want that's the word the, the origin of what we call them terrorist terror they want to control the fear if they can control the fear and in turn control your actions Enforce you to live as a slave to the fear in which they control. They win. They win.
1: And I ain't gonna let them win, son. So that's where I stand on that, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can let fear win in anything. No. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just freaking ridiculous. Looking around at. People who let fear control their lives.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's you don't many. to look
1: far. Yeah, I mean, there's many examples of it, and uh, there's some stark examples, and it's just, it's just really,
0: dude. One of my favorite Bible verses is, "Whom the sun sets free, is free indeed." Yep. I am free in Christ. I can live life to the fullest, knowing and being okay with the reality that I'm going to die physically but I know and have confidence that I will live eternally with Christ because I am an heir with him to the kingdom of God and you want freedom from fear you want to live your life to the fullest that's the way to do it man whom the Son Jesus Christ sets free is free indeed and uh, that's why I live my life man
1: well um, that don't go that's uh that kind of leads pretty good into a, a question from brother Kirk Dean he said do you believe in the rapture if so when do you think it will take place in relation to the tribulation?
0: You know, I'd be interested in your perspective on that. Do you believe in the rapture of the church, Chili?
1: Um, Kirk went on to say he, uh, that he is a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and up until now he believed in a pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, he said, yet nowhere does the Bible really say that it will you know, take place pre-tribulation. Yeah. Listen, man. I'm interested to hear your take because I've studied, uh, Revelation, well, I need to study everything more, um, I need to study that more, but I've studied it a lot, and I don't freaking know, man. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it I, it,
0: I think there's, there, there's, there's scriptural evidence, and of course I'm driving 82 miles an hour down the road right now so uh, I can't look it up There, there is evidence in scripture that I think backs up the belief in a in, in the rapture of all Christians oh, from, yeah, from the earth certainly uh, prior to what we call the tribulation which is right. seven years it's basically the last seven years uh, you know there, there's right, two before two, the second coming. Before, the, before Christ comes back, um, riding a white horse with a name written on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And um, look, it's split into two, three-and-a-half-year segments, the Tribulation and the Great Tribulation. And I think there's evidence to say uh, or, or to draw the conclusion that the church will not be there. By the church, I mean everyone who believes in Christ. Uh, and is is going to spend eternity in, uh, with christ and so i think there's evidence there i've gone back and forth with this in my own mind because although there's evidence it's 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 not extremely clear um it's what i was taught i think it's what my most pastors teach that I've heard, most of them do teach a pre-tribulation time period rapture of the church, you know, in a way, I think it fits with the, I think it fits with what we know about is going to happen during those last seven years it fits the agenda essentially if every Christian on earth in the blink of an eye disappeared from the face of the earth and the only people who were left well, it would be the majority of, of the earth with the majority population of the earth would still be left but Anyone who had any knowledge or belief or, or, or true belief in Christ was snatched away in the blink of an eye. Man, the void that that would leave on earth for the Antichrist to carry out his agenda would be, it would be like very fertile ground it fits the it fits it man and and here's the thing i think it's going to take if i was going to theorize i think it's going to take a world wide catastrophe to usher in the antichrist because you have to understand the antichrist is essentially going to be a global leader and when he comes into power, he's going to... People are going to see him as the savior of the world. The entire world is going to unite under his power and his rule. Okay? And then obviously later on, they're going to figure out that he is... Uh, that that is, he's not so good. Now, what? what better... To usher someone like that in then the sudden disappearance of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people mysteriously from the face of the earth I mean that could usher in not only complete panic mystery that could usher in ideas concepts about aliens and and all this weird crap to where people are are freaked out man they're searching for someone to lead the world because everyone is panicked and it would be a perfect opportunity for him to step in so you know i think the concept of that rapture of the church really fits what's going to happen during that tribulation time period there's another part of me I guess the biggest part of me says it doesn't matter. Yeah. It it really doesn't matter. Um, There's a small part of me that feels like some of the... Some of the people that have pushed this narrative of a pre-tribulation rapture and some Christians who choose to believe that And it may be right, I'm not saying it's wrong, but there's a small part of me that thinks we want to believe that more than we want to not believe it because if we believe that, then it gives us comfort in knowing that the Christians that are on Earth during the, uh, the Christians that are on Earth in the last days are not going to have to endure that tribulation time period so it, it is comforting believing in the rapture of the church that doesn't make it true but I can see why we would lean more toward that belief uh, than otherwise
1: well I can't because I think that's complete crap uh, to, to, to do that Knowingly, well, yeah, but like that, like I, I think that is a huge problem amongst believers. Is like believing what you want to believe, just believing what like makes you comfortable. You know what I mean? Because you could just make up your whole entire thing if you wanted to do that. Yeah, I mean, you, you could just come up in your mind that like once you become a Christian, your life's going to be easy and all this and everything else, and like that's just not reality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're not promised that. That that's not reality. So like I don't. I think that's a huge mistake people make. Um, I like to, you know, maybe I could be wrong with some kind of interpretation that I have or some belief that I hold, but I like to have it backed up with logic and reason, and 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 you know, be able to explain why I believe it. And as far as eschatology goes, man, it's so difficult. <laughs> I know I say that a lot, but it's truly incredibly hard to understand how exactly that is going to look because it is actually unknowable for exactly how that's gonna look and I mean the big yeah you hit you hit it I don't care man I mean in a sense like it, it's just gonna be it, whenever it turns out to be however that goes down you know in the end, it's really nothing to worry about.
0: No, we win.
1: So, like, I'm just not, you know, that trying to figure out that, nail down that perfect timeline, man. I'm not concerned with it. Really. Um, but I, I think one thing that's even hard for me to try to understand that timeline is because it seems reasonable to me to think that God could could basically do all of that that Revelation describes in the world everything in like the snap of a finger you know what I mean it's like I I read Revelation a lot as not even taking place on earth it's like it's all talking about the spiritual realm and the spiritual battles that are going on all around us right now in that realm uh, because we're here in the physical realm it's like I don't even know what it's gonna look like man and I, I, I just the, the only way that it that it could happen and it could unfold is according to God's plan right Um, but but like it seems reasonable to me that he could do that just like in the snap of a finger. I don't know well you know like I don't know what it's gonna look like man but
0: that, and that ultimately that's the answer yeah uh, you know any 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 pastor, any preacher, anyone that that you're listening to or trying to glean biblical knowledge from, that acts like they absolutely know the answer to some of these questions like this. Yeah, which is uh, a great question. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, ultimately. None of us know it, and and the thing about the book of Revelation is, what's what's wonderful about it, I think, as it unfolds, in whatever age it unfolds in, it could be, that it could start unfolding next week, could start unfolding, ten thousand years from now. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not have have no clue.
1: Well, in a way, it's unfolding now. Well, yeah,
0: it's unfolding, but but when the specific events described in the book that pertain to the the happenings here on earth as they unfold those that have the Bible and have the book of Revelation it will be made very clear to them what the books what the words in the book actually mean as they see it unfold Uh, I think it will be very clear to those people it's a little unclear to us right now Uh, and I think that's where you got to leave it. I think what you have to what what we have to focus on as Christians. You know, I have a, I have a lot of I'm surrounded by a lot of people that have been Christian for a long time. And a lot of Christians if you walked up to them and you said, "Hey man, if somebody came up to you right now and said, "Hey man, I want to give my life to Jesus, could you lead them? Could you tell them? Could you quote the scripture? Could you lead them to Christ? Right then and right there. Do you know what needs to happen? What the Bible tells us to do? In that sense. The most important things that we need to, 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 to grasp during our time here on this earth, our short time, we need to grasp the concept of of Jesus, of His death, burial, His resurrection. We need to grasp the logic behind those things. And we need to have the ability and the knowledge to lead other people unto Him. And we need to have the courage to share our testimonies because that's how we overcome. These these other theological subjects are wonderful things to have conversation about but ultimately they do not matter uh nothing wrong with thinking about them talking about them looking into and searching them out nothing wrong with that at all but just keep in mind make sure you got all the foundations and the base knowledge the things that are important to, sal- to your salvation and the salvation and eternal life of others. Make sure you got those things boxed up and squared away, wired tight, son. Then start digging into these other questions. So ultimately, the answer to that question is we
1: don't know. Yep. Uh,
0: the- Amen.
1: <laughs> how awesome is that answer, though? Because nobody does. Yeah. But we are not gonna try to act like we do to give some popular answer, man. Yeah. God, it gets me so freaking fired up when people clearly Wait. do not know the answer to a question, yet Wait. they have a big audience and they want to feed their audience a bunch of crap acting like they know the answer and just coming up with something because they don't want to say or they don't have the uh, humility to admit that they don't know something. That gets me so fired up, man. I don't know is actually a pretty powerful thing when something is unknowable. Yeah. Admitting that you are not such a freaking prideful person that you can say, hey, I do not know the answer to that question. Here's what I do know. Gosh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's why it's so powerful to know why you believe what you believe and to be honest with what you don't know. I mean, how that timeline all is going to look, I don't know, and and I'm not going to sit here and tell you uh, to try to make myself look smart or to try to make you think a certain way about me or, or come up with some credibility or try to sell you something. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you know, tell you anything other than I don't know, because I don't know quite what that's going to look like.
0: Well, we can, and we can try. We we can just for the sake of conversation try to apply our own logic and understanding yeah in terms of scripture to it well that's all you
1: can do with anything really that's right but uh so
0: and then as we i think we applied that and and we said yeah well is it are there parts of scripture that could make that could make a legitimate case for the rapture of the church yes there are uh do i think it would fit with the the account uh, that we can understand of the Great Tribulation time period and the ushering in of the Antichrist as a global leader on earth. Uh, yes, I think the rapture of the church could fit with that, um, but is it definitively, uh, is, is it the definitive thing in Scripture? No, I don't think it is. So that's how we apply our logic to that and that's I think the, the, the furthest that we can go with that conclusion.
1: Well, yeah, man, I, it just it just brought me down a road of just other other things, man, like, you know, I, certain things, I, I think it's really valuable to talk about these things, uh, and these topics, and discuss eschatology, which is, which is super difficult to grasp, clearly. Um, I really do, I think it's super valuable, and, um, I, but I just don't, I don't appreciate people who just come up with something and they, they just...
0: Well, chili, chili. The, the real answers to questions. Truth does not sell. Yeah. Truth does not sell, brother. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not... It, it's not a mystery as to why... If we're talking specifically about leaders amongst Christians... Yeah. It's, it's no mystery as to why... You don't have very many people who make their living off the off off what they do within the body of Christ. You don't have many of them that are willing to say, "I don't know," because
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I know it's, it's and They have too much pride. It, it, yeah, they they have pride, but but also it, the 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 answer, "I don't know," that doesn't sell,
1: right, man, and,
0: and you know,
1: yeah, but. But it's being honest, man. Yeah, like I don't care if it sells or not. That, that's well,
0: well, you're in a unique situation, Chili. You're you're in a very unique situation. Uh, most people, their their primary objective uh, is to sell whatever they have to sell well, I man, mean you, you know what uh, well it, it, I
1: acknowledge I'm in a very unique situation and very thankful for it I might add what
0: what I mean by unique no, it, is your is is your mindset
1: well not not
0: your position in life oh you, you, yeah I, I mean your mindset
1: well I was going to say I actually am in a unique position I'm very thankful for it and try not to ever take it for granted but what I was going to say is is that's just how I'm wired man
0: yeah that's what i'm talking about that's what's unique about well yeah i'm just
1: i'm just wired that way
0: i made a post today man that and uh brooke ridiculed me for it because she didn't like it much really yeah um and and i don't mean any i don't mean to be hateful about it but i made a post today about the kind of the self-help self-improvement uh coaching space you know you've got the big names in it um Tony Robbins. Uh, who are some of the other ones? Um, Gary Gary uh, V. Yeah, Gary V. Uh, there's a Grant Cardone. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm man. You, dude, <laughs> you so Sony so, Frog. Those are just a few of the big names that are kind of in that space, right? And and so, in, in a way, we're in that space. Like we help people. We help people grow, man. We help people find ways that they can make themselves better, things that they can apply in their lives in a real sense. Now, we do it differently. Uh, we do it for real. We, we provide the environment, the scenario, the situation, and we also provide the example in our own lives yeah. through, the, through the things that we do and the activities that we partake in. But, you know, that whole space is very, very tainted. I mean, it's... And it's so compromised to the point that I see men and women that could bring legitimate value to that space, and they're getting out of that space completely because it's become so compromised and tainted. And the number one reason that that whole space is in the shape it's in It's because of people like the people that we just named and many more that are only willing to say what sells. Yeah. See, I've told you guys before, I'm in a very unique position that, that I get to spend time with a lot of people in that space that have a much, much bigger following and audience than me five 10 15 20 times the size of mine and I listen to the conversations that they're having and the conversations that they have are never about what can we do to help the people that want to learn from us what can we do the conversations are are always and overwhelmingly about How can we market this thing better? How can we drive more people to buy this course? How can we funnel them? How can we create better uh, automated emails? Um, That that's what the conversations are about, and and it's so it's so uh, just it it
1: clearly portrays their intentions. Yeah. It treats your audience like cattle. Yeah. I mean you don't value them at all. Yeah. You're just trying to like funnel them through this certain uh, passageway or what or, or whatever to, to, to sell them so yeah, it's it's crazy. But
0: you know, this is I, I said I see people that could bring legitimate value to other people getting out of the whole lane, getting out of this whole lane. Well, I don't think that's the right answer. I mean, we're going to keep doing what we we do in our own unique way. And I truly believe, man, that as long as we keep showing up, doing what we do, not being afraid to give the answer we don't know, pouring into people, putting our brothers and sisters and their well-being and their lives first before the dollar... I truly believe that we will surpass everyone, everyone, that's 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 out there. I, I've told you before, Chili, I legitimately don't, I, I can't come up with any reason why we couldn't take over the entire world if we wanted to. Um, because we're willing to be ourselves, we're willing to be genuine. We're not gonna quit, man. We're yeah. gonna keep coming.
1: Yeah.
0: We're just gonna keep coming, <laughs> and it may take a while, and it has already taken a while. We've been at this podcast for freaking two years, man. Yeah. Uh, and this is by no means the. This ain't even on the top charts. This podcast isn't. You know. But right. I have faith that it. Five years from now, six years from now, if we keep coming and we're not worried about what sells. We're gonna be in a position to where we can get that tour bus, man. We can travel across this nation. We can pack out stadiums under the banner of Christ, primarily, but also on the, under the banner of living your life to a standard, man, yep. and becoming a better human being, improving not only yourself, but your community, your family, and, and everything and everyone that comes in contact with you. And um, I don't know, man, that, that's, that would just... To me, we rode by that stadium the other day. What was that freaking stadium?
1: Oh, in Columbia, Missouri, the zoo.
0: Yeah, the, in Columbia, Missouri, massive stadium, man. Football stadium. Don't even get me started on freaking football, man. <laughs> and I thought, man, that's a massive structure how awesome would it be to pack that son of a gun out I mean every seat filled under the banner of Christ Uh, I'll think about that stuff man and I'm here to tell you I'm going to go ahead and declare I'm coming I'm watching I'm listening and I'm coming and that's what I got to say about that got another question for us
1: no nah, man i just looked through them again i think that's about covers it really
0: well, blast i we're wanted a, to keep going man we're on a roll man what are we at um i don't know we've been doing we've been at it for a while
1: i know i kind of feel like <laughs> make this a marathon one <laughs> we're not just endurance runners by the way dude we have knocked back some miles, man yeah, we're endurance drivers uh endurance cyclists. don't get me started on that uh we're gonna be endurance paddlers I mean dude, oh, this is a good question, man yeah, you probably got plenty right there. This is
0: a good question um since since we're on the topic, we've been heavy we've been heavy, Jesus and heavy bible talk on this episode so if you're still with us maybe you want to hear another question about salvation um crap who is this coming from this is coming from chris howley chris howley so in your understanding question mark oh i gotta read this and not run off the road i was saved and baptized when i was young 10 to 12 years old and i have backslidden big time I recently, within the past 18 months, gone back to my home church, read the entire Bible, good for you, brother, and my pastor gave me a study Bible so that I could study and understand its scripture. Awesome. Thanks to 307, I have made the turn back to Christ. Praise Jesus, man. Thank you, brother. In your perspective, how do I become cleansed again? I thought that was a really interesting question. Uh, and you can read through it again if you want. Yeah. Um, so essentially our brother here is talking about, he was baptized when he was young. He, he gave, he gave his life to Christ. And then he says, basically he backslid, he started, you know, doing whatever he was doing. He, he drifted away from that relationship with Christ. And now he's made, he's recommitted his life to Christ. He's back in God's word. Uh, he's back on track and he's on fire for god how can he be cleansed again i want to give you some hope brother you are already
1: cleansed
0: you don't have to be cleansed again you are washed whiter than snow man you can be cleansed daily all it looks like is getting on your knees and asking jesus christ to forgive you for all that you have done against his will, against his word, and, um, and, and accepting that free gift of forgiveness that he offers to you, man. Uh, you know, the Bible says, uh, repent. All right, that's the first word. When Peter, uh, on the day of Pentecost, comes out and preaches the gospel, he says, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, alright so along with you being cleansed by the blood of Christ if you are living a life of repentance in other words you are trying your best to turn away from the person who you were in order to take up your cross and follow Jesus that repentance along with your acceptance and your belief that the blood of Christ is sufficient for you to be cleansed that's all it takes brother you don't have to be rebaptized. Uh, you don't have to to redo anything. You got it, man. Baptism, in my mind, is a one-time thing, man. It's a, it's a, it's that's that's what it is. It's a, it's an outward, a public representation of obedience and of you going through the death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, with christ so that you can become an heir with him in eternal life so it's it's a one-time thing man i just wanted to encourage you brother you're you are you're washed whiter than snow man when when god looks at you if you've accepted that free gift that jesus gives us all he, he bore the burden of our sin on the cross. If you've accepted that and you're living in a, in a repent in repentance, uh, which means you're still screwing up. I'm still screwing up. <laughs> we talked about that earlier in this episode uh, but, but you are convicted about the fact that you're screwing up and you're doing the best you can to be the, to, to, to follow Jesus that's all it takes brother that's that's my take on it
1: well yeah I mean when you read it to me I was like well hand me that phone so I can read that because what, what what's what what is Chris what does that last question mean man how do I become cleansed again yeah I think Chris I love it when people answer their own question in their question because <laughs> read your sentence before that I mean he literally said thanks to three of or he said I made I made that turn back to Christ so that's it. Uh, yeah. I you mean, did it, enough man. Enough said, right? You, you know? did it, man.
0: No, look, man, don't be ashamed of anything that you did in your past. That, that, all that stuff is now is part of your testimony, man. That's all that stuff is. You don't have to be ashamed of any of that. You don't need to hold on to any of that. Uh, the, the, the payment has been made for that. The sacrifice has been made for all that. Uh, the the fact that we were bad, or the fact that we are currently bad, and we screw up on the daily, that all that does is point us back to the need for Jesus Christ. Yep. It's not made to make us feel a. It, it, it's not there to make us feel ashamed about our lack of ability to live a righteous life. It's simply there to point you back to your need for a savior yeah that did what jesus did it's all it is man so i just wanted to encourage encourage you in that brother yeah
1: that's that's pretty awesome
0: yep and i'm so happy for you man uh take full advantage of that freedom man you have a great commission you have a great commission and i wish i had my bible with me right here um you know, Jesus gave us a great commission. That's another reason I like the book of Matthew, the very last few verses of Matthew. He says, uh, and, and I wish I, I know I'm going to screw this up, but essentially he says, Go ye, which means go you, uh, into all the world, uh, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You realize, Christian, you have the authority to baptize your brothers and sisters that you lead to Christ. Um, And then he goes on to say, teaching them in all things concerning what I have commanded you. So you have a great commission, man. Get out. Get after it. Never be ashamed of what you have done or what you do on the daily, as long as you're living in that repentant uh, way. And you're good to go, brother.
1: Well, thank you for that question, Chris. You want to hit another one?
0: What? You get another
1: one?
0: I mean, I can. Oh no, no, we're good. All right, we're good. I think we'll wrap it up right there, guys. We got we got about a, I don't know, another 100 miles left to go tonight. Um, we enjoyed it. Hope y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Hey, hit us up, man. Y'all let us know how you're liking these things. If you, if you're liking them, we'll uh, we'll put more out for you. If they suck tell us they suck and we'll just wait till we get home back in studio and go back to your regularly scheduled programming on the Three O Seven seven podcast we love you guys if you enjoyed the episode please give it a share on social tell people what you thought about it uh leave us a review on itunes um and if you if you're really getting something out of the show and and you want to support us Go to our Patreon page. A link to Patreon is in the show notes of all of our episodes. Click that on. You can go sign up. We do some fun stuff over there. Resurrected in particular is my favorite thing that I do, and uh, Chili does. Chili teaches there. Blake teaches there. Pastor Nathan, I teach there. Uh, it's a really awesome and powerful group of humans that have assembled there for Resurrected every well three Sundays a month. So check it out. We love you guys, enough said.